I love to win, mate. That's the main thing, you know, and I've done that wherever I have been. So the football is designed to bring success. Alongside that, it's really important to me that, you know, that there is an, uh, an element of, I think most fans and most players want to be associated with, and that is football that, that's exciting, that, that people talk about, not just, um, you know, the end result, but also the, the manner in which you played your football. And uh, it's really important to me, um, like I said, A, because it, I think it's a way to be successful, but secondly, it allows people to grab onto those things that are the most special about our game and those memorable moments. You know, people want to see their team scoring goals, being exciting, uh, not conceding goals, uh, you know, being aggressive in their approach, all these kind of things that, you know, everyone seeks in, in, in their own football teams. Uh, it's kind of what I try and provide. Um, you never get it right uh, in all aspects, but the basis of it will be that we want to be a team that wins things, but ultimately also entertains our fans. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Astonishing what this game brings up every week. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 131. And it is probably one of the busier episodes that we will have during a summer. This is like a summer transfery window podcast that we are going to have. Here. Andrew's favorite. My favorite. My absolute favorite. That is the voice of one Todd Cacho at TC underscore Cacho on Twitter. TC, what's up, my friend? Oh, any day, sir. Any day that you finally replace Christian Erickson is a good fucking day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Todd is very, very excited about some of the some of the business this week, and uh, we are going to come on to talking about that Christian Erickson replacement, which is maybe what three and a half, four years too late, but it's it has come nonetheless. Uh, Shuban is also with us at the real Shuban. Shubs, how are you? I'm good. It's a beautiful summer's evening here. We have ice cream fans going up and down my street, so yeah, it's pretty good. Nothing wrong with that either. And Scott is also with us. It is his favorite time of year. Transfer window season. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's going on with you, mate? We're in full swing, man. I'm I'm loving it. Every every day you wake up and so many things could happen and just it's an, an exciting time to be a football fan. Yeah, even about 30 minutes before we started recording, there's there's news dropping on Fabrizio Romano's Twitter account, which we will come on to as well. So uh, before we get into talking transfers, though, uh, it is officially July. We're recording this July 2nd. Uh, our new manager, Big Ange Pastacoglu, started the job officially on July 1. Uh, so the new staff is in place. Preseason is under now underway for non-internationals. Um, Ange also sat down for an interview this week with the club, and I want to I want to hear what he thinks this preseason should be about what does what is what does this mean for him entering this preseason let's go to that right now most important thing for me in this early part is just the people getting to know me you know um well that's staff members um 
you know, players, uh, you know, people associated with the club. Uh, they need to, to get to know me, what I'm about. You know, it's a massive organisation and, uh, you know, I've got to be present in as many areas as I can be in this early part and that's kind of what I'll, I will try and do. Like I said, we've got six weeks. How can we prepare um, these guys to make sure that, you know, come first weekend of Premier League football that we're ready to go? So obviously a, a, a big time and, and a lot of people out there like, you know, scrutinizing and, and, and analyzing all the videos online that the posting of players arriving. Todd, I'm really pumped to see Tangi and Dombele uh, back at the club. And, and, and we're just going to we're just going to start throwing shots like this early in the pod. Like, that's just that's just where we are in life. <laughs> I don't think it's shots. I think I'm just saying, like, I, I know everybody's really excited to see Tangi back. Right. Um, yes, they are. <laughs> I love that you're leaving it at that. I love that. Uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, it, it, it's cool. It's cool to see the players getting back into action and, you know, matches are going to start happening here in a few weeks and um, a lot happening. Um, in terms of the transfer stuff, though, we had a lot of discussion last week about Guglielmo uh, Vicario, and that deal is now official, uh, 15 million pounds, signed, done and dusted. Um, but the big news of the week was the news about James Madison that just dropped like a hammer. Um, it was kind of like we all thought that this was going to happen, and then all of a sudden it was just done. And I know that's what you really want to talk about, isn't it, Todd? James Madison, uh, 40 million pounds from Leicester City. Uh, yes, is what I really want to talk about. It's the best bit of business that Tottenham Hotspur have done, I don't know, maybe in the last 10 years. Like, it's, it's fucking silly how – this got done before July 1st. This got done for 40 million pounds when you're seeing some asshats down the road pay 65 million pounds for Kai Havertz and some other asshats up the way pay 55 million pounds for Mason Mount. And we get the guy who has the second best uh, dead ball conversion rate uh, in the league for the last five years. Um, he's an FA Cup winner. He's someone who Tottenham and Daniel specifically have been coveting since he was at Coventry City. Um, and he's young and he's English. And get him the fuck in. Let's go. That Daniel you're referring to is, of course, Coy's Daniel, for those unfamiliar. Um, Scotty, how do you feel about this? Uh, Spurs, it does feel like have officially, quote unquote, replaced Christian Eriksen. I mean, this is kind of the attacking midfield type that I think this club has been lacking for the last handful of seasons, right? Yeah, 100%. This is a great signing. He's well-suited to play in a three as the person who is most responsible for, for you know, creating attacking opportunities for the players in front of him. And he statistically has done that really, really well this, you know, the last three or four years, as Todd ha has pointed out to you. So I think he's a perfect, perfect signing for the club, for the system. Um, and I'll tell you what, he's genuinely thrilled to be at Spurs. You can see it in his face, in the way he talks, the, the way his family's been so involved, you know, with, with all, all the media attention surrounding the transfer is really cool. And, um, he, uh, yeah, he, he's, he, he's perfect in, in, in every way, shape and form. And I'm really excited to see him, what I would expect to be starting match day one this season. I was really excited to see all the stuff surrounding his family too and just how excited he seemed to be joining Spurs. I think we all knew obviously with Lester going down that he wasn't going to be sticking around there. He's he's on a higher level than that obviously, but Shivan, how excited does this signing make you? I mean, it's a, you know, it's an English lad who's coming over and it's a, I think it's a decent price. I mean, this 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 feels like a, a a big dick signing for a club that 
doesn't even have European football this year. I think that's a pretty pretty significant part of this as well. I think there's a lot to be you know, very good about this signing. First of all, the price, which I know it's, it's not our money, but I think, again, to, to use um, TC's quote, you know, Kai Havertz has gone for 65 minutes, which is, and he's a very good player, don't get me wrong, and so is um, Mason Mount. But just for the sheer, you know, the amount of goals and assists that he's got, um, you know, Leicester, well, I'll say a struggling team, obviously they got relegated this season, but they're generally like top 10. They're not like top four, top six kind of thing. So to have done as well as they have done, I think apart from maybe the year before, I think in 21 when they won their FA Cup, they finished fifth. So they had a very good year that year. But no, he's a very talented player. Um, there's a really good um, an article on The Athletic about how we were both scouting both him and Dele Alli at the same time. And um, again, it's something that you think, well, why did we not sign him before? Obviously, 2018 is when he went to Leicester. But I think progression-wise, it actually helped him. At Leicester, he was able to be the main man and really develop and really expand his game. And I think he had a lot of growing up to do. And for me, from an English perspective, we are very, very lucky in England. We've got some really good creative players, obviously Foden, Saka, uh, Grealish on the other side, Sancho, and there's quite, quite a few others. But obviously with, well, presumably, assuming H is saying the same one, and I'll cover that later. But for England, that's really going to be a good thing because it is built around H. And if you can develop that armory with both H and Sonny as well, because Sonny, yeah. yeah, he plays someone very similar in Vardy in terms of um, being able to play on the shoulder. I don't think Sonny is as quick as Vardy, but he's a bit more technical. And so, yeah, and I think more importantly, we were really reliant on Kuliszewski last year, I think, for a lot of, a lot of our creativity. So I'm not saying... Kuliszewski, this will get him to pull his socks up because I think he was unlucky of injuries, couldn't really get his form going and just couldn't get a rhythm going. No, it's a great shot about James Madison. Uh, you know, 20 goal involvements in the league for a Leicester squad that went down last year, 30 the year before that. Like, this guy can produce. It really is. And I think that I'm so glad that this got done and over the line before the quote, Ange and H sit down to talk about the future of the club. Because Tottenham have a lot more chips on their side of the table with James Madison being there at this stage of the game and having a legitimate young goalkeeper. Like, those bits of business being done, Andrew, before the conversation that Ange has with H, I think is hypercritical and could change the face of this summer for Tottenham. That is definitely something that we need to talk about, and we will uh, a little bit later on in this pod, is that the fact that there are all these rumors about Harry Kane. But I want to stay on Madison for a second because – I, I, the, the point that Scott made, like this is the true midfielder that in a three that that Spurs didn't have. It's the guy that can play more forward and kind of join even even I think a little bit more in the true cam role than Ndombele is or, 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 or ever tried to be. That is I think Ndombele tried to be a little bit more of a more of an eight than a 10. Well, he Madison, sure wasn't a box to box, my guy. That's, I think it's that's just kind of what I mean. I think he tried to be. He, well, he's a cam. It's just the systems that were being he was being asked to play in didn't require a cam. They required an eight, and he fucking hated it because he had to go back and play defense. So he went to Italy. Anyway, I digress. Well, well I think this gives Spurs the, the that that fourth guy in any given moment, no matter who's playing in the front three, whatever combination of players are are, are flanking Harry Kane, hopefully as the striker. You know, this gives that fourth option and the creativity in that role to to be, really be able to do some damage. Well, and I think it's important to point out too with Madison and 
I, I think Siobhan spoke quick briefly about an article that came out, you know, regarding earlier days when we didn't didn't bring him in, et cetera. But we could, we talk about how good he is on the field, but I think off the field, he's a really smart dude. And I think he's set himself up really well to, to make this move and, and ex- excel from it. If you, if you look at the clubs you've played for, Coventry, obviously, the Norwich, um, and then Leicester City, and now Spurs, that, that wasn't he at Norwich? Norwich? Oh, oh yeah. She probably was making fun of the way Norwich. I said that. It's not Norwich. Oh, whatever, dude. I don't give a shit. All right. Coventry City. Here come the pronunciation was. Norwich. Norwich, sorry. I'm just going to... All right, we'll say Norwich correctly. Then Leicester City and now Spurs. That progression is honestly perfect if you look at the, 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 the pyramid itself for somebody who's looking to actually develop because at every step along the way, he was going to be super important to the club that he played for based on you know, his ability and, and where he was at with, with his footballing growth. So he says in that article that him and his dad both together made those decisions, right, to go to, go to Norwich and then, and then to Leicester. And I think, you know, that shows that, that he's a, a, a very smart dude who understands that this is this this career is a lot more than just making that one move to get paid if, if you want to continue to progress and, and grow both financially and as, as a footballer. But I also think that another thing that I that you can't overlook when it comes to James Madison is the fact that very recently he became a father and his partner wanted to live in in London, which is makes total sense. It's a hell of a lot better than fucking Newcastle. If we're being honest about it. And when you actually look at, and, and the club did a good job of capturing these moments, but if you actually look at the most special moments for Madison, it's when he was with his boy, showing him how to say spurs and, mm-hmm. you know, watching him pick up the kit. And the thing that I love about this signing is what, what Ange talked about, and I don't think that we can overlook it, is the fact that he told Madison, and it's, you know, it's been covered, but I don't think we can, we can go on without mentioning it here. He told Madison, like, whether you're coming or not, you're going to see a whole new Spurs. And Madison was like, you know, that kind of stuck with me because that's the same kind of self-belief that I have in me. And mm-hmm. that's something that really resonated with me. And the thing is, is that both when you listen to Vicario talk about how he drinks the tears of other strikers, like he didn't say that, but like he essentially said, I like to be the cause of their misery or something very Italian and dramatic like that. But uh, essentially he was, he's, he's a, he's a guts and glory kind of guy. And to his credit, Ange Postacoglu recognized that this squad needed some fucking guts and glory, and he's gone and got it so far. No, but I, I completely agree with you, Todd. I, I honestly, I, I think that, that what we're seeing with every piece that's put in place is a squad that's going to go to battle with, with a manager who is very much willing to do so. This dude, you know, somebody somebody put out a tweet, and, and I have to, 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 to point to it here, and I'm never a proponent of violence, right? But they said... Plus the Koglu and his assistant that also played for for Australia under him. I can't remember. The, oh, and the at Villa, I, the beard. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Mil- yeah. Like, yes, thank you, thank Mil- you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and he played an important role for Plus Koglu for the Australian setup, right? So they're close, but ultimately the the tweet said that those two would you know would win in a two v two scrap versus anybody in in the country and and all jokes aside you know again never a proponent of violence but we're building a squad of guys who are real, who are willing to just to get rough and, and tumble a little bit right and i think in the premier league we've been missing that um we're starting to really put those pieces in place and I think that, that you know, right? Madison. We're not asking him to put foil under their pads, right? Like to use no. a slap shot reference here, but but <laughs> we're we're getting a group of guys 
that can talk shit and back it up mm-hmm. in all aspects. And that's something that we, we were missing. I don't want to say necessarily the swagger, but the ability to be like, hey, watch this. And then fucking bang on in. Like, we don't have anybody like that. Now we do. To your point, Todd, uh, Ange spoke on both, you know, both the signings of Vicario and James Madison earlier this week. Let's give a listen to that real quick. It's not just about, you know, the talent that they bring as footballers, but what they bring as people as well, because we are you know, going to play football that requires a certain kind of personality and character. And uh, both those guys have got it in abundance. And I could hear it, you know, in their voices when I spoke to them. And, and you know, I had a couple of chats with both of them before we signed them. And I, I knew that, you know, that you know, they're the right types to bring into the dressing room. Uh, wrapping up the conversation on, on this James Madison signing, which I do think is is a really, really big deal. Shuban, what else do you have to add? I'm hoping if Madison is on the pitch at the same time as Harry Kane, Harry Kane is nowhere near the free kicks. That's what I want to say. <laughs> no, I mean, that's no fair. More. That's a really good point. Sonny takes some really blinding free We said Sonny takes some really blinding free kicks, and yet Hayes is still doing some... And then you've got like no. Madison, who's got a really good conversion. So no, just literally no more. Uh, yeah, yeah no, 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 it's, it's I, Madison. I blame Henri. I blame Henri. I blame Henri because <laughs> basically, enough. I'm not, no, honestly, there, there was an interview. He goes, "Why don't yeah. you want to take free kicks?" What do you mean? Because you can bend it. So if you can bend it, you can bend like a free kick. And then he's like, "Well, Christian Eriksen takes some," and he goes, "But then he started taking more and more." And it's just no. Hopefully, no. And I just thought one thing that just comes to come to my memory. We talk about like um, I think James Madison's young son posing with a Spurs picture, Spurs shirt, and everything. If you if you guys cast your mind back, I think four years ago now when Lucas, his son, was playing on the pitch, I just like the idea that maybe twenty years time, both Madison's son and Lucas' son, they might they end up signing for Spurs and they just do those they do they run that VT or something of that. Do you know what I'm saying? And you can read like, Shubon's fan fiction at Tottenham Depot. <laughs> I love that, Tubes. Well, I love if, that life. Let's if you go. can read yeah. anything these days yeah. at Tottenham Depot, who the, know, who, yeah. who the fuck knows what's find, going on with find us, Tottenham find, Depot? Find us on Instagram and Discord, but maybe not Twitter for a while. Yeah, find <laughs> us, definitely definitely find us on Instagram. I don't know about the Discord yet. We'll, we'll, no. we'll, 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 we'll think about that. But. And in terms, in terms of the free kicks and free kick conversion specifically, and, I, and I'm not talking about, you know, like because I already talked about his, his actual dead ball conversion rate. So, you know, goals that he either scores from dead balls or he provides an assist on. It's exceptional, but his just straight scoring from free kicks. The only other person in the country that does it better than him is James Ward Prowse since 2021. So, yeah, it's a it's a really good point. Um, listen, guys, in terms of other incomings, uh, we did officially get word from Fabrizio Romano this morning that Pedro Porro is a full Tottenham player. That uh, obviously was always going to be the case, but the uh, option clause was triggered for another forty million pounds. So it, it it's as was the one point five million dollar release clause on his teeth. So just understand. oh, that's that. Well, they've got to look. They've got to look nice and white and bright, don't they? Um, the other rumor that that kind of came in this morning in terms of the incomings is Manor Solomon on a free transfer. Now this is a player that was on loan at Fulham uh, from Shakhtar Donetsk and. That's that's an interesting one because this is a player that was playing in Ukraine and obviously departed Ukraine and went on loan to, to, to Fulham once the, the armed conflict with Russia came about uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, he is, is apparently going to join Spurs on a free transfer, according to Romano. Medicals set for this coming week. Um, but there is, there is a little bit of kind of, um, what's the word for it? A little bit of tension over this deal 
potentially because Shakhtar feel like they should be getting some kind of a fee. There, there could be a legal battle. FIFA could step in. We don't really fully know what's going to go on with this exactly. But word is Manor Solomon, who is going to be a mostly, I think, a, a, a bench player, a backup type of player who would fill in the role of, say, a Lucas Mora or Arnett Fanjuma type. Um, that's what it seems like. Now, I have no problem with a move like this, especially if it's a, a free transfer and especially if it all works out. But um, it just seems interesting to me that we're signing another attacking player when it feels like we should be reducing the squad somewhat. I don't know how you guys feel about that or, or if I feel off base. No, we, but we have reduced the squad. If you think about it, Dan Jr. is not coming back. We like, oh, sure. Lucas Mora. Like, you know, we had an open attacking spot. This is something that we've been looking at. Obviously, this is something that um, – you know, Shakhtar looks at is is uh, this this player is promising enough to you know take us to court over. Um, yeah. So there's something there. You know, if I if I remember correctly, and I and please forgive me, I didn't watch a ton of Fulham, um, but if I remember correctly, he was you know had a couple of bright spots with them last year. Uh, at 23, you know, a, a rotational option that can play on both sides is not terrible. Um, but, I mean, this is more – it depends on the terms. I'm gonna, so I'll reserve judgment as to whether or not I think this is a good signing. Yeah, it is interesting to note, too, that Spurs announced earlier this week that they are going to be uh, playing against Shakhtar in a friendly next month at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, and it was announced as kind of a – almost a charity game uh, in order to raise money for the conflict in Ukraine. Um, part of me thinks if there is some kind of conflict now because of this signing, maybe Spurs can – up their charitable charitable donation to this club perhaps and and you know make nice with them i don't know but um scott where are you with with this signing i know it's a it's a young player kind of a backup role he scored a couple goals for fulham last year on loan it it, it doesn't seem like there's any real downside to this right no i mean can't really say that i know anything about this guy i've honestly never heard of him before uh before this came out today but um i think if all I can really say is that if we're bringing in this type this type of profile, it, it it makes me think that you know somebody like a Brian Heel maybe isn't the right type of profile for Postacoglu, and I think maybe we're looking for guys who can can be a a, a, a little more capable of like almost holding their own in a bar fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, in a sense, yes, but guys who can invert and play as an eight too, you know, operating off of the wing if required and. I think that like system Kulu. calls for that. Kuluseski, son, son can even do it. I think. I mean, I wouldn't really ask for that to happen, right? But I think guys who can who can end up a little more more central in an attacking sense are are more of the profile here, and he can do that. But like Todd alluded to, he's uh not the strongest on the ball, and that might be the profile that that we're looking for here. So, and his hair coming back is a little too light for me to think he's going to stick around. I think that's got some that's some Spain sunshine right you there, know, boy. Let me tell you. And and all jokes aside, it sounds like he wants to go back to Sevilla or you know or Spain somewhere. So if I'm post to Kogu, I'm not interested in guys who who are saying they want to go play elsewhere either, right? Well, listen, I mean, like, how can you not? Like, he's won a major trophy. Like, the fans yeah, love sure. him. They respect and appreciate him. I mean, Seville's, you know, Sevilla specifically is in a is in a bit of financial woes right now. But like, Listelso's talked about wanting to go back to Spain as well. And and listen, let's have a conversation about like like quality of life and like if you're a Spanish player or if you're an Argentinian player and you're like, hey, you know what you can do is you can go to Valencia or or 
you can go to Luton or <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to, like, you can go to Leicester City, Harry Winks, and hang out in the Midlands. Like, or you go hang on the beach in fucking Valencia. Are you kidding me? Like, like, for, as a guy like Lo Celso, who technically has won a World Cup, he was on the squad, even though he wasn't in the squad. And for a guy and who's already won trophies, and for a guy like Brian Heal, who's just won his first major trophy, they fucking love him in Spain. He's respected and revered in the Spanish setup. They play the type of football that he's good at. Like, it makes perfect sense for them to go back. Trevon, how are you feeling about this uh, this backup attacking signing? That I, I like, I said, it doesn't really move the needle that much for me, but I'm 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 a thumbs up on it. I'm I'm all for it if 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 all the regulations play out. I'm not. No, I honestly, I I think I, I I was there when we played Fulham early this season, but I don't remember him, so didn't really stand out. Um, like I said, if it's a good deal and it's within the whole FIFA, you know, remit and everything else. Like he could be someone that we get and then flip and loan out and get a loan fee from. Yeah, well, I have no idea. It's like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, we don't know if Alice the Gold has got any days off coming up. So, you know, obviously, he can't be announced until Alice the Gold is, is, is having a day off. <laughs> I personally would rather focus on getting defenders in. I don't want to do that. I'll be the whole like Aussie Idealist Famous Five that we I remember watching, like very good going forward, nothing at the back kind of thing. So, but like I said, it's only July 1st. There's a lot. And I don't think they go away until, what was it, another two, three weeks to Australia, like Bangkok and Singapore. And I think those players who um, are basically said, look, chances are you're not going to pass the assessment. You're not what is we need. I'm hoping that they had that honest conversation because there was a conversation I think had between, I think, um, Nuno Espresso Santo and Joe Hart. I said, look, sorry, Joe. You're not for me. I'm moving you on, and that was it. Which I yeah. appreciate, good business like, said, like that. Though you know, Nuno's understanding of Joe Hart is I, I, Joe Hart is Joe Hart. It's fine. Yeah, Solomon yeah. did help. Oh, by the way, I come just, on for ten minutes in the game uh, at Craven Cottage um, against Spurs, but but that's 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 all that's all we would have seen of him really watching him. So look, I mean, we've a history of doing this. I think he's. I mean, I don't think we we signed Bergwijn. We had no idea who, who he was. And you mean unnecessary winger and, FC Shuban? Yes, probably at the time. But like I said, it's just I. It's, a, it's obviously a good investment for Clinton and Kevin G. And Kudu. Um, like, come um, on, man. Kudu. It's what we do. But look, ultimately, it's if it's something, if if the good opportunity has come along, and it's very good, like it's a it's an undervalued asset because you can get it for free, it for free, and he's, and he's willing to come to Spurs. He's chosen Spurs over Fulham, where he was on loan. And yeah, he's obviously shown. He's I think he said if he hasn't the quality type, but he's obviously spent a year in London. So he's got an idea of what it's like to play in the Premier League, albeit, albeit not that much. So yeah, it's not, it's not a terrible signing. Like I said, I am I'm ambivalent. I mean, unless he has a he has, he has a young son, you know, and he's at the Spurs store holding up the the shirt. <laughs> I don't believe anything yet. I mean. Well, let's let's move on to talking about some outgoings. Then we've we, we've talked a lot about incomings, and I think there are more to come, of course, in the in the defensive realm. But that that's that's for for the coming weeks, and and it, it will happen. Spurs are going to have to sign some defenders at some point. Um, but in terms of outgoings, Harry Winks goes to Leicester City on a ten million pound deal. This kind of obviously is not a part of the James Madison deal, but when you 
take it in terms of the gross versus net. I mean, this makes the James Madison signing look like a 30 million pound signing rather than a 40 million pound signing. And you're going to, you know, Harry Winks was never coming back. Um, it's a homegrown for homegrown type of situation Two two English players exchanging teams, Harry Winks going down to the championship to play for Leicester, which kind of seems like maybe is a little bit below his level, but this is a guy who's dealt with a lot of injury and things. No, too. it's brilliant. No, it's fucking and, and brilliant. I, and I think that he can, I think that he can thrive there. Well, it's brilliant. And the reason why it's brilliant is because Harry Winks is by and large a mid-table Premier League player. Okay? And we know that. Unless you're by and large over the course of the last 10 years, he's been a Premier, is mid-tier, mid-table Premier League team. Okay. Uh, for a couple of different reasons, you know, one, their owner passing away and things like it's, it's the stuff has been tough, but the infrastructure of that club is really solid and they value people, not just players there. Uh, and so I think that that's something that was also very important to Harry Winks, but this is a club that they know they're going to spend money. There's a really good chances. They're going to be back up next year. And you get to ingratiate yourself to the fans in a season where you're going to lift a trophy and get a medal. And that's something that goes a long way for a guy like Harry Winks, which is, is the, the epitome, Scott, of a vibe player. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more with anything you just said. Um, Lester's going to have a really good chance of running through the championship and w- winning winning that league if, if they really want to, right? And I suspect that they do, so – Good, good for all parties, and and you know I think not only does Leicester come back up, but I think they stay up too, um, and find themselves right back where they they belong after after as you pointed to some tough times and um, you know a bit of of an unfortunate season that, that they just had, but they'll be just fine, and and I'm sure Wings sees that. So I got to watch Harry Wings' European debut, um, literally in front of me. I think it was a, I think Maribor, some like some team from one of the Eastern European plays. And, and then the following year, I actually got to, actually got to watch his debut goal for, for us with Todd and in a very Michael game in America. Game in America. Cause, cause I remember that because a friend of ours, Miles, he was celebrating, he fell over outside the park. <laughs> That's what I remember most about that goal, is Miles falling Shout over. Shout out to Miles. But um, I love Miles. We love handsome Miles. But the thing is, I got to see him. He had a very good year that year, which we, we, we almost got to leave that year. Leave that year. The following year, he was playing against Real Madrid. I was at that game, and he, you know, this is a game where he had both Modric, Cruz, and Casemiro, and this was literally the Real Madrid Holy Trinity, pretty much at their yes. peak. And he was perfect. He wasn't. He wasn't at place. And unfortunately, like players, that can happen. I mean, he was. He had a. I think it was a. It was a, not a meaningless game, but it was a game against Burnley. I think it was. He crashed into an advertising hoarding. Got injured, missed the World Cup, and unfortunately, his career never recovered. He had injury, and he just—and it's just one of those things. It's—it's it's something that is something that made me think of every basically every time a player plays out there, he makes he risks a risk, he risks his career every single time because physically, you can have a tackle that can happen against him, an awkward landing, or whatever. It's incredible the fact that he's been in the club since the age of five. I mean, like just putting context, Ryan Mason joined the club very young. But left Harry Kane didn't join the club until he was forty, you know, late in life. So as in like as a teenager. Um, so the be be there from the age of five as a junior, literally being a ball boy and everything, and literally living his dream, not just for Spurs. Obviously, he went to he represented Spurs in the Champions League, 
and went to the final and obviously representing England as well. You know, I wish, wish him well. I'm surprised he dropped down in division because I think he has the quality. But I think Leicester, because the way the parachute payments work, um, um, you know, they can probably still afford to protect playing players. And obviously the money that's coming from Madison, who knows, maybe they can bounce back. Don't guarantee on that because we've seen that with Sunderland. They've not bounced back. But like I said, I wish Harry, Harry Wings all the best. And um, yeah. So we can't really, you know, let go of the Harry Winks topic without talking about that winner at Fulham, Andrew. It's one of my all-time favorite Tottenham winners. I was literally watching it in, in my car because I was on business someplace, and I was sitting there cursing at the screen about how we're drawn against Fulham. They're going to go down, and this is a bunch of bullshit. And then Harry Winks, out of nowhere, on some George Kevin in kudu shit, finds the back of the net for the winner, and I lost my mind. I punched the roof of my car. It's one of my favorite celebrations ever. Harry Winks, thank you very much for that moment. I wish you well in the championship. I think you're going to get team of the season and lead Leicester back to the Premier League. Yeah, that would be really nice to see. All, all, all well wishes to Harry Winks. He definitely contributed a lot to the club. Obviously, injury took its toll on his career, and he he, he dealt with it last year in Italy as well. And it, it was It was kind of Tough to watch from afar, but and, I'm glad that he's gotten his move and is, you know, is, is moving on. Also, one more thing. There was a point in time where Tottenham Hotspur are arguably the most handsome sons of bitches in the Premier League, and Harry <laughs> Winks went a long way to contributing to that. That baby face is going to play really well up in Leicester, just now. That's, that's, a, that's a really fair point. Um, in terms of other outgoings, guys, the only other real rumor that we've seen, and I say real rumor in the heaviest of quotation marks uh, because it comes from the sun, but Ryan Sessegnon, uh, maybe on his way to Nottingham Forest at some point soon with a reu- for a reunion with Steve Cooper. There are plenty of tentacles to this, and and obviously there's there's a lot more still to be done from the outgoing standpoint, especially if we feel like Spurs could be in the market to perhaps sign one or two center backs. You would think that there would be a couple of center backs that will be moved on as well, but this is all kind of stuff that we'll see about uh, down the road. The 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 real kind of thing that we need to address now and it's it's not a, a comfy topic it's not something that i really want to discuss but todd alluded to it earlier um harry kane set to talk with Ange postacoglu on monday uh so a day after recording this is set to return to hotspur way and have sit down Th- there's a lot of rumor out there right now about Bayern munich and and unfortunately caroline wasn't able to join us our resident uh Bayern munich fan slash tottenham hotspur fan to, to, to kind of give her perspective on this, but I, I'm interested in it from this standpoint. The rumors are that Harry Kane, like he did a few seasons ago, is ready to move on, does want a new challenge, does want to be playing in Europe, which are all things that I could understand. Um, we've talked ad nauseum on this podcast about Harry Kane and his future, and I've kind of stood by and said, I don't think Harry Kane's going anywhere. I don't think it's anything we need to worry about. But every time something like this comes up and comes about, we do need to address it. The word on the streets is that Harry Kane wants to move and Tottenham's not going to let him. He's got one more year on his contract and they kind of need to let it play out. Scott, where are you in terms of your worry that this could be real for Harry Kane departing? Where are you on your give a shit meter? Obviously, I think we all want Harry Kane to be around, but I think the same goes for any other player. If they don't want to be here for this new regime, do we really want them here? Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I say this, you know, in, in in as passive of a tone as possible. I'm not upset, I'm not angry. I could, you know, this is 
really just where I'm at is that if, if Kane wants to go, I think he needs to. Um, I think that we are in full rebuild mode. We have to build the proper foundation right now under Ange Postacoglu. And if Kane doesn't want to be here, then we need to find a way to move him on because everybody has to be both hands on the rope, gripping as tight as possible right now for Postacoglu. And I only am interested in that happening because, look, Harry Kane is an amazing player. He is a Tottenham legend. I will, if he moves on, right, I will always be appreciative of everything that he did for this club, but he is not bigger than the club. We all know this. And again, if he needs to go, then he needs to go so that we can build the foundation properly. So, um, you know, if we read between the lines, it seems like he does want out. So so my stance would have to be logically that I think the club needs to find a way to, to, to make it happen. Um, I know Todd's going to disagree that, that Kane wants to leave, but I think um, I think this has been coming for long enough to, to ignore it at this point. Before we go to Todd, I want to get Shuban's take. Shuban, do you feel similarly to to Scott here in that if this is a guy that wants out, you, you can't really have a, a, a I don't and I hate even using this word, but I'm going to use it and I hope the listeners understand what I mean. You can't have a malcontent in in the dressing room with the start of a new regime. Especially with the fact that we have gone from such adversity where not everyone's on the same page. I think we do need to have everyone pulling in the same direction. This is a time for unity. I have seen the infighting, um, not with fans, but just like, you know, like war of words between the happy clappers and the leap, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm tired of it. It, it leads to a, a very toxic atmosphere. And it's bad enough when you don't see in the stands, but if it's on the training pitch, you know, it's just not, it's just not tenable. For me personally, I personally can't imagine they would have appointed someone like Costas uh, Big Ange without actually speaking to Kane or letting them know what's going on because I can imagine he's very invested in his future so he'd be like well who, who are you bringing in so I'm so that's, that's just why I'm thinking on that I'm not saying it's like an Mbappe thing where he signs off on it I'm just saying that he you know he is a key even though he's not big in the club no one is big but if Daniel Levy is an hugely important figure and whoever then obviously Harry Kane is just an important figure, and you you know you want someone. You, I think I'm not saying he's you know, he has to buy into it, but he's a very key stakeholder who's not approval, but whose input you'd want to take into and someone you would speak to. And that's why I'm look until he says I want out, then you know I'm backing him. Ultimately, if he is managing the club, I will back him, and whoever's at the club. I will back a hundred percent. And I'm I love thinking, that. You know, I, dude, I love that. It's, it's, it's like I say, it's hyper, it's hyper, experience. I personally, I remember I was at um, was it Wicked. I met another Spurs, I met a Spurs fan who was there, saw my thing, and he was like, he was like, Come on, you Spurs, and we sang a little bit of Come on, you Spurs as well. Tom Holland, who I think has been on doing some YouTube stuff, he's saying, Harry, love Harry, I love him to bits, but I think for his career, he should move on. I get that. And that's all I want. I mean, at the end of the day, I have been very lucky to watch Harry's first game for us. And, and I probably watched his last game for us at the lane. So, do you know what I mean? If, if, that's, okay. if that's the case. So, Thank you. But, but like I said, there are, and I think we'll come to it a little later, there are bigger things in life, whether, it's, whether a player comes or goes or not. Do you know what I'm saying? And we'll come on to that a bit later. I do. 
And I want to say thank you, Shubes, because you do provide a lot of perspective. Um, having seen his first game, uh, having seen his first goal, having, uh, you know, in all likelihood uh, for everyone involved, you don't get the opportunity to see his last game. But I don't take footballing advice, nor should Harry Kane from fucking Spider-Man. Um, and what I would also say is that the timing of this move makes fuck all sense to anybody at all. It doesn't make any sense to anybody. So timing is everything in life. The only people that this makes sense to are Charlie Kane and his uh, other folks that are going to make a shit ton of money from any sort of Harry Kane transfer. Okay. Tottenham does not want to sell. Harry Kane has not said, I want to move. The report that has come out is that personal terms have been agreed to by Harry Kane's team. Harry Kane's deal is being negotiated by his brother and his father. So at no point in time have we ever heard Harry Kane say, hey, dude, I'm trying to go to fucking Bayern Munich right now. He hasn't said that yet. Okay? Well, he, he wouldn't, the though. Thing, That's the thing. Well, he no, hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. The other thing that I want to point out here is that the main person that's been reporting this, and everybody's picked up on one report and then it snowballed, as it does in the cycle, is from some guy named Sammy Mokabi81 or some shit that Mayor, I think he works for the Mail, or I, I don't know. The thing is, is that he was the one who tweeted all of this inference about Harry Kane's people already agreeing to personal terms in Germany. And when I listened to this person on one of the podcasts that shall go unnamed, what he said was, and these are his exact words, all of the indications point to Harry Kane staying at Spurs because Spurs don't want to sell. But I really have this feeling, I really, really have this feeling that Kane wants to go chase another challenge. That's an exact fucking quote, Andrew. And so what I'm talking about here is all of this bluster and bullshit doesn't make any sense for anybody. Why would fucking Bayern Munich pay 80 to 100 million euro for Harry Kane the year before he's going to be free? Why would Harry Kane try to get out of Tottenham two years, realistically, from a statistics standpoint, before he's about to break Alan Shearer's record and become immortal in English football? Don't give me this bullshit about, oh, well, you know, he comes back after four years, he's only 32, and he can butt shut up. It's nonsense. You're trying to tell me right now that Harry Kane winning three Bundesliga titles and maybe, maybe a few trebles for Bayern Munich is going to mean more to him than being immortalized in his own country. And that's inaccurate. It's inaccurate. And I'll tell you why. Because Alan Shearer, the man who currently holds that record, when asked about Harry Kane going to Bayern Munich, was like, I'll drive him to the fucking airport myself, chauffeur service, just anything that I can do to preserve that record. You don't hear Alan Shearer talking about his title, his Premier League title in 95 from Blackburn like that. No. You hear him talking about that record. And Harry Kane knows the value of a legacy, and you don't build a legacy as a 30-year-old at Bayern Munich. Now, if you want, go there at 32, 33. Break the record in your hometown club in your, in, in, in and be immortalized, and then go win silverware so nobody can say shit about your career being a failure. If that's what you really want to do, the Bundesliga has been there 10, 11 years in a row for Bayern Munich. It'll be there with Harry Kane, too. 
Are you so, comfortable with him leaving on a free next summer if that if if that's what it comes to? This is what I want to tell you. Is you're like, well, you gotta get the money because you know it's his last year of the contract and he can just walk for free. Well, fuck, you might as well accept the 60 million from bite. Shut up. You're not gonna find a Harry Kane replacement for 60 million. If you are, his name is Richardson and he's already in the squad. I don't want to hear your shit. Okay. Now, what I will tell you is that no one's Harry Kane, and you're not going to replace Harry Kane. And so Harry Kane for one more season under Ange Postacoglu with a fucking attacking midfielder for the first time since 2019 when Christian Eriksen left, or probably 2018 when Christian Eriksen's head left. Like, yeah, that's worth 60 million pounds to me. It is. I'm going to say something similar to what Todd said, actually. When Steve and Gerard had the chance, I think he was a year very close to joining Chelsea or something. And I think I kind of 2004 or something. And obviously... It's different. Liverpool were in the Champions League, so he had a chance to win. Obviously, he obviously did win the you know, Champions League with them, but it was such a long shot. And like, you know, Chelsea were buying, was spending money like crazy. Arsenal would just be the invincibles. Man United were, you know, maybe coming back. So it was like, well, do you know, this could be Gerard's big chance. And he said, look, the reason I didn't leave is that no matter what I had won, it wouldn't have meant as much for me because it wasn't with Liverpool. And that's what it boils down to. Harry really is the club symbol. He really is. I mean, and obviously it's a different era. Like the, I mean, I don't think you see you saw the mural, or you guys are here because they hadn't gone up at that time yet. But like I said, when I ran past there and literally just to see it. But I mean, like I said, I've met Harry Kane once, and like I said, you just tell the kid is all Spurs, and um, like I said, I think it's a chance of football mentality because I think. To, let's face it, Alan Shearer's record is an amazing record. That's let's, let's not countenance that. But what Kane could do by breaking that record is incredible. And the other thing is, I'm going to put, and this is more of an American football thing that you guys can answer, and I, I know I won't be able to. I remember asking this guy, he was a Miami Dolphins fan, I said, I wonder if Dan Marino ever regrets not leaving Miami Dolphins because they, they never won anything. And he goes, well, there's God knows how much crap named after him in Miami and this and this and this. And he's like a god in Miami. Now, I have no idea about American football, as you clearly know, but um, I, just, I just think there is some value. I and mean, I'm not saying he's one of their own or whatever and stuff, but I'm going to put the same parallel in there. But there is something about when you have a bond with a club, that's something money can't buy. So you can have your titles. And, you know, I've got a fucking shitload of medals in my drawer the running I've done. That don't mean jack shit to me. It's the memories I've made from doing that runs. So, yeah, here's here's the thing, though, Shuban, and I, I your 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 Dan Marino point is a is an apt one and it's a decent one for, for, for this comp. But Dan Marino is beloved in Miami. You're right. And he's 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 a he's a godlike figure there. Everybody will hold up Dan Marino in South Florida forever. He's also the first name that has always come about when you talk about the best players to have never won a championship. He's the he's the one that everyone points to when you talk about best quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. Yeah, never I mean, it's. Yeah, he's he's in he's in short company. It's like him and Charles Barkley and Ted Williams are the ones that pop up quickly, right? And like those are the ones that were ingrained into our head. And and for those of us who are a little bit older, Andrew, and got to watch Dan Marino play, um, there was no doubt that the Harry Kane at comp is so apt. I'm not. And by the way, I'm no dumb buck. I saw Dan Marino play too. <laughs> did did he? Well, you saw. Listen, I saw if, the latter years. You're right, but still. yeah, if you saw like. All of his wide receivers are coked up 
Dan Marino play in the mid eighties. Like yeah. it was a different level, bro. You want to talk about run and shoot. Hopefully Holy the comparison hell. hopefully the comparisons to Harry Kane end there because I, I hope well, I hope I hope Harry Kane's wingers have not been coked up the whole time either. Listen, I mean, <laughs> you saw Deli Alley's birthday party. I'm just saying. So the, what I'm talking about right now and the reason why the reason why this comparison matters is because Dan Marino had when he retired, he had the most passing yards. He had the most passing touchdowns. He had the most wins as a quarterback with the same team, and he had the like I want to say the most playoff yards. And again, this is as he retired. Now this was in the time when the game was at a different level, right? It was like uh, the NBA before the the Jordan rules, before you hand checking, right? It was just in a different like things yeah. operated differently. It's apples are right? you. Exactly. He used to be able to kill people in the NFL when Dan Marino was playing quarterback. And he had one of the quickest releases you'd ever seen in your life. That's true. And when people look back and they think about Harry Kane playing football, they're going to talk about the fact that he had every club in his bag. He had every shot imaginable, and it's the reason why he was so good as a striker. And what they're also going to talk about, in my personal and humble opinion, is the fact that he played every single meaningful minute in a lily white kit. And he was proud as fuck to wear a cockle on his chest. And I think I, when he breaks Alan Shearer's record in that lily white kit, I think that all of his children are going to be wearing the exact same lily white kit. And his parents are going to cry. And his wife that he's been dating since he was six is going to cry. And it's going to be an immortalizing moment for Harry Kane that he's just never going to get winning the 96th consecutive Bundesliga title league title for Bayern Munich. Look, I, I hope that's the look, goes too, Todd. No, I no one will disagree with anything you guys are saying. I will say that it might be the case that we're just trying to convince <laughs> ourselves that Harry Kane's going to stay by saying all of these things, right? Like this is this is no less speculation than it is to speculate in the other direction. My stance will always be that if he truly wants to go we should find a way to make that happen. And if he wants to stay, then fucking he should be here because he's Harry Kane. And it's, it's really as simple as that. He's also going to get the, I love that. He's also going to get the armband, Andrew, for the first time. Like this is properly Harry Kane's team. Yeah, like Hugo showed, Hugo showed up looking like a, a beleaguered stepdad. Like it was, it was tough to watch. It took, till very, walking it took till very late in the pod till we started doing a uh, analysis of, of walking from cars into the facility. I tried to get it going earlier, but now, now we're really into it. But I agree with you. It, uh-huh. the, the Hugo Lloris, Hugo Lloris did not look happy. <laughs> Listen, we're oh, we're going to find out a lot more about Harry Kane in the coming days and weeks because, like I said, this meeting is supposed to take place. We're going to figure it out. We have to back the manager. I think is, is number one. I think that's that's what you know. You back the back the badge and you back the club and you back the manager and that's that's kind of where we're going to be through all of this um we're gonna we're gonna watch it play out i I don't know how it's gonna play out i i'm i'm not quite as unsure as i was a couple of seasons ago when it was manchester city camp come knocking i'm a little bit less worried i I guess way less concerned i'm way less concerned but but try to sell kate kane on going to fucking munich in january i don't know man i don't i don't know i don't know her I do not know her. I don't know what the priorities I don't know. are. No, 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 no. I don't know her either, and I'm not saying that. I'm not, like, calling out, like, hey, get your relationship with Kate Kane together and text that chick about what she thinks about Germany. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is 
have a conversation about the difference between being at home for the holidays and being in a strange-ass country with a brand-new baby for the holidays. And I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen this summer. And that is Harry Kane's going to not go anywhere and wear a captain's armband for Tottenham Hotspur this season. Here's hoping. Here's hoping that's the way that it plays out. Real quick before we throw it over to Shuban for a sign out, I, off, I just I, I want to address the the elephant in the room that is social media right now and the way that it's going. You can still follow us at Tottenham Depot on Twitter. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on Instagram. If you can't see us in one of those two places, um, follow us on the other one because we are still around. We also have an email address. It is Tottenham Depot at gmail.com if you need to reach out to us. But we will be posting where we normally do and hoping that anyone who wants the pod can see it. But this is also an important reminder to subscribe to the pod on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe, download from there, um, and that's how you can hear us each and every week. Um, and, and that'll be the case going forward because we don't know what's going to happen anymore with, with certain social media. Um, and that's just kind of the, the world that we live in with the guy that owns it right now. So uh, I just want to make sure everyone knows where they can find us and, and, and how to get us. Subscribe on your podcast that, uh, platform of choice and, and leave a rating and review too. Uh, that'll, that'll help out us in spreading the word on the pod as well. Uh, before we go, Shuban has a very special shout out he wants to give, so I'm going to turn it over to him. Over the last seven to eight years, I've gotten to know a guy called Pete Hayne, and um, uh, he's a very, 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 very friend, wonderful guy. So, those of you who don't know, Pete um, pretty much worked all his life. He got retired, I can't think, maybe two, three years ago, and he loves Spurs. He's involved with the Supporters Trust. Uh, he, I remember the last time I saw him at a match, we were by far, it was actually my first match post COVID was at uh, Stevenage Borough, and he was watching them, watching the Spurs and the 21s, U18s, I think it was, playing Chelsea U18s. The guy loves Spurs. He'd go to, like, you know, like the fan meet and greets, and meet Glenn Hoddle and that. And he, you know, and that's what he was. He was literally, and that, he's a lovely guy. He basically was just, you know, retiring, walking his dog, enjoying some of his family, and enjoying Spurs. Uh, sadly, Pete was diagnosed with cancer, and, and he has made the very <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's made the very um, brave decision to um, um, basically cease chemotherapy, and I don't know how much time is left for Pete. Um, I have stolen so much from Pete in terms of he did this first um, history tour and. It's basically, it was going through where I grew up in both South and North Tottenham, uh, North Tottenham Park, especially in Seven Sisters. And whenever guys, and I think Amy, I think was the first person I did in that Spurs tour. And I literally, I'd lifted tons of that material from Pete. Recently, um, last time I saw Pete actually was at the Antwerp Palms, where I've taken, I think quite a few of you guys, I think I've taken you to the Antwerp Palms. And um, to any of the American Spurs, like, uh, Tommy from Chicago Spurs, and, you know Denson, Keith, and those and those guys from Alabama, from Mobile Spurs, and um, um, Scotty was incredible. He rallied quite a few people. The guys from Portland, uh, Dees, Johnson, Johnson City. Um, I think the Boston Spurs as well. Um, Portland Spurs, and we were able to basically say how much we love Pete and how much we're rooting for him. I was in Chicago earlier this year. And both Keith and I, because Keith's actually from Chicago, he's a, he lives in mobile now, but he was visiting his folks in Chicago and we managed to record a message for, for Pete. 
And yeah, um, it's sad that he won't be able, probably might not be able to see this new cost, this new uh, Spurs side because you know he hasn't got a lot of time left. But just to know that um, we love you, Pete. And this club is about community. It's not about trophies. It's not about titles. It's about the people you meet, the people, you, the love you share along the way. I was at a wedding this year purely because of Spurs. I am been to two weddings actually because of Spurs. It's not you don't support follow Spurs because we're a glamorous club and we win things. We don't. We never used to win a lot of things in the past. We win a couple of trophies here and there, but it's about the people. The people make up of the club, and then Pete, he is one of the best people I know, and it saddens me that he won't get to see what should be you know a really good football team coming out. But Pete, we love you and. Um, we, as I said, whatever time you have left, we hope it is what you want us to be. And yet, I, I, sorry, I'll leave it to Scott. I can't say anything more. Sorry. No, I, I really well said, Siobhan. I, I, I don't know Pete as well as you do, but I've had the pleasure of meeting him. And he, as I told you, you know, a couple of days ago, Pete has, has made a big impact on me in a very short amount of time. And I think that's, you know, what he tends to do for, for everyone that he meets. So P we love you sending love, light, strength, everything we have to, to you and, and your beautiful wife. And um, we're, we're all here for you. Cheers guys. Uh, thoughts of the depot go out to Pete, his family and friends. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, you can follow Shuban at the real Shuban, follow Scott at DSM Spurs, follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho, follow me at Ace Detka. Uh, follow us at Tottenham Depot. We'll be back with you next week for whatever news comes about. I'm sure there will be plenty to discuss as there was this week. As always, come on you Spurs. I'm looking forward to all of it. You know, there's there's not one bit of it I'm not looking forward to. And and I, I, I understand that there's, as you said, as I'm walking out, there's great expectation there as well and great responsibility. That's not lost on me. It's not just about me going out there saying this is wonderful, what a great experience. Um, I've taken the responsibility on of a, of, of a massive football club with a great history and with a supporter base that's craving for, for football and, 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 and more great moments to add to that historical base we've already got. So I understand that and looking forward to that challenge. My main thoughts will be on the responsibility I bear and, and the excitement that uh, I have within me that uh, I can fulfil those, uh, hopefully those dreams and aspirations of every Tottenham supporter.